everyone, and welcome to episode two of Reimagining Solutions. I'm Jocelyn Reddit, your host for today. This podcast was birthed as a product of a PLU course that I was taking to maintain my leadership certificate here in Alabama. My first episode with its bumps and uh, tongue-tied situations um, was produced as a result of that course, and it talked about equity in education. It really stemmed from a Google Doodle that I read about uh, on this week celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month. It talked about two landmark cases, the Mendez case and the Brown case that desegregated education, which also stemmed my conversation on providing access to an equitable education for marginalized students. Now, I was thinking that was going to be the end of my podcast career. However, today I attended a leadership session virtually, and I attended a session on black fatigue and dismantling racist systems. The speaker for that session was an author of a book entitled Black Fatigue. Her name was Mary Frances Winter. In the midst of her conversation, she purported that there is a narrative or story that impacts the lives of children of color. I guess you're wondering, what kind of narrative? What kind of story? Well, she labeled that narrative the deficit narrative. Hmm. You know, that really hit home with me because I was a principal of a high-poverty, low-performing school. And many of those students were the result of a deficit narrative. So as I listened further to her conversation, I derived my own definition for a deficit narrative. See, a deficit narrative is when teachers or educators or even the community or the world at large creates a self-fulfilling prophecy about a student's capacity to learn and achieve. They assume that the child is incapable of performing at a particular level because of the underlying biases and assumptions that are openly are inadvertently tagged to a child, particularly when those children come from marginalized communities, when they come from poverty-stricken homes, when they come from uh, low-income areas, when they come from drug-infested areas, when they come from areas where there's a high health risk. These students are written into a deficit narrative. But you know, writing a deficit narrative is not just a racial issue. It can also be a socioeconomic issue. Think about this. Some teachers come from middle-class families. 
they don't know how to relate to students who come from high poverty families. So they innately develop a narrative about their students' capacity to either behave or perform. What about those cultural differences? There is some cultural differences in classrooms. Some kids may come from Hispanic backgrounds. Some may come from an African-American background. Some may come from a European background. And sometimes the assumptions and biases we have about those different cultures play out in how we write the narrative of our students. I'm going to go a little further. You know, in this country, we are really, really, really um, keyed into the body image concept. You know, we see all these glamorous movie stars and uh, all this high fashion that's designed to, to fit a certain body image. And so sometimes we write a narrative about our students who just don't fit into that body image or they don't have the appearance that we think they should have. And we write a narrative for them. You get the picture? So I'm wondering, how can we ensure that these biases and assumptions are removed so that our students from these struggling environments You know, I call them the least of these. Hmm, that's my spiritual side rising up. I just can't help myself sometimes. But how can we make sure that these students, the least of these, have access to an equitable education? You see, when we give kids these certain hashtags, we've already diminished their access to an equitable education. My question to you is this. How can we ensure that these children don't live out the deficit narrative that was prophesied over their lives? How can we rewrite the narrative? See, earlier I told you that I was a principal of a high-poverty, low-performing school in Selma, Alabama. Did my students have access to an equitable education? Hmm, not at first. Why would I say that? Because many of those students were living out that self-fulfilling prophecy that you can't learn, you can't read, you can't add, you can't subtract. You're going to end up in jail. Your family came from the wrong side of the track. You're only going to work at Walmart. You're going to end up in the local correction facility. You don't have the capacity to perform on grade level. But, oh my goodness. That script changed when my faculty and I was placed on a God-ordained assignment to rewrite the narrative for those students. I had to get my faculty, my parents, and my students to reimagine the outcomes for those students. They had to believe, and we had to believe, that we could overcome the odds. How did we accomplish 
such a massive test? It started with us rewriting the script, transitioning from a deficit narrative to an achievement narrative, transitioning from you won't be anybody or anything to you're going to be an exceptional leader. That was our motto, that we believed that we were building exceptional leaders through inspiration, encouragement, values, and yes, we demanded excellence. So with this new script, we flipped the script. Those students ended up being funded to go to the first inauguration of President Obama. Many of those students had even crossed that famous Edmund Pettus Bridge before. Many had never even gone to the local McDonald's to have a meal. But we flipped that script. We took them outside of their environment to Washington, D.C., We rewrote the script and Knox eventually moved from being a low performing school to a school that met and exceeded the challenge. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I was in the grocery store in Montgomery, Alabama. And when I got in the line, I was just looking around waiting to purchase my items. And so when it was my turn, I walked up to the cashier and the cashier looked at me and he said, Miss Reddick? And I said, hi. He said, you were my principal in elementary school. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I've gotten a little older and I can't remember your name. So he told me his name and I had a conversation with him asking him, uh, what was he doing? And he said, I'm in school. I'm in school at Auburn University in Montgomery. I'm going to school for nursing. Miss Reddick, I remember that song. I remember I Believe by Yolanda Adams. And I sing it all the time, especially when I get into a hard situation. I sing that song. Miss Reddick, I remember that school motto you taught us. And I say it every morning. It keeps me encouraged and it helps me to move forward. You see, we can write scripts. We can write a negative script or we can write a script that will transform the lives of the students that we serve, especially those students in these marginalized community. Yes, my Knox kids are doing great things. Yeah, I said my, because in order to rewrite the script, You got to take ownership of your assignment. Now, in my mind, I am reimagining the outcomes for a student who has been hashtagged as failing. In my mind, I'm rewriting the script and changing the narrative for schools that have been labeled as failing. Can you reimagine a new script for the students whose lives have been impacted by the biases and assumptions that they cannot achieve? 
Think about it. I want you to reimagine how the outcomes for our marginalized students can be transformed when we take the time to let go of our biases and our assumptions, rewrite the script, and flip the outcomes for these students. Well, that concludes my podcast for today. I hope that you can come up with some solutions to help you rewrite the script. All you have to do is reimagine what equity should look like in education. Y'all have a blessed day.